Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I live in Harlem, and I feed stray cats. <laughs> I'm Seth Rodney. I'm the opinions editor at Hyperallergic, and I'm also the managing editor of our Sunday edition and I'm speaking to you from Newburgh, where um, I'm a bit of a newbie. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and before we get into today's topic, which is slut shaming, um, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners. I had an actual very uh, productive exchange uh, over email that uh, Stephen and Seth were privy to. He's a friend of Seth's, uh, a painter Nadine or Nadine Farage. Seth, it's Nadine Farage. Um, and she's, uh, I, I don't say this because we got into a disagreement. I, I say I actually uh, love her work. She's a phenomenal uh, painter. Um, I would encourage you to check out her work. Um, the substance of the disagreement was she sort of, uh, uh, was bothered by my approach to the final, uh, podcast on COVID-19 in which, you know, I was kind of reciting numbers and, and she thought that, um, I was being glib about Mm. the, the dangers posed by, uh, COVID-19. Um, and so I wanted to clarify that I do not feel glib about it. Um, she brought, she raised some very, uh, relevant points. We ultimately did not, we did not agree. Um, um, but what, what emerged from that, that conversation was that from, from that exchange, (laughs) what it made, what arranged from that, uh, you guys probably won't hear this, but there was a loud, a loud truck that just passed by uh, Steven's place. Um, uh, what emerged from that conversation was the more important part of my argument, uh, which I probably was not clear about because, you know, you, I can't always be uh, exactly clear with what I'm trying to say to myself or even, you know, uh, so certainly probably not to the listeners, um, which is that it's it's the hyperbole and it's the hysteria that the media is continuing to use to talk about COVID-19 that is my main objection. Um, I have, you know, I'm not qualified to, um, you know, I can give an opinion based on the stuff that I've read, but I'm not an epidemiologist. I actually haven't done the research on that. I read other people's research uh, and then form an opinion based on that. But of course, she has done the same thing and we have different opinions and that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the media has not allowed room for legitimate debate around this topic. Um, and so that was, you know, that's my position. There just, there should be other voices because there are other voices who are not cranks who do not agree with the accepted narrative. So, um, so I, I really appreciated the back and forth. It was great to disagree with someone in a very like, you know, calm, civil way. So, you know, I, I appreciated that. So, and I wish there was more of it. So, uh, slut shaming. Um, uh, uh, not an elegant transition, but, um, 
so, Stephen, I think this was your suggested topic. Yeah, is that right? Do I, am I remembering that correctly? Actually, I don't remember, but it sounds like something I would talk about. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm interested in power and how it demonstrates itself yeah. through the ways in which we socialize um, each other. You know how institutions do it, but also how we do it directly. And I became mm -hmm. in, in. I think it was talking about Monica Lewinsky. I think that she was an example. That's right. Yep, that's right. where it came from. Yeah, that's and exactly so. Right. So here's a basic definition. The, the action or fact of stigmatizing a woman for engaging in behavior judged to be promiscuous or sexually provocative. Um, and so I want to know what you guys thought about that definition. Um, it specifically talks about women. It doesn't say men, right? Um, but also the um, stigmat stigmatization of a woman for basically doing what she wants to do. <laughs> that's with, how her with, with her body. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Right. As opposed to, you know, doing what she wants to do with somebody else's body. Like that, that's the key. I think for me is that, um, well, let me talk about the definition. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think stigmatization and I, I don't think that we, it's a term that doesn't get impact enough. I think that the ways in which we cultures, I should say, enforce particular rules or behaviors doesn't get discussed enough. Mm -hmm. We live in a culture that is, it's a lot of things, but it's also a, sh it's a shame culture. And that is we exert social control over other people. And this by, is probably all cultures. I mean, well, no, no. I mean, maybe not all cultures now, but not, not, not necessarily um, not necessarily in the past. I mean, you in the past, from the little that I know, I'm, you know, my degree is not in anthropology, but my the little from what I understand, there have been cultures where the punishment was was physical. It wasn't necessary, and maybe we can say that there was shame that went along with that. There was a certain mm -hmm. kind of there was a certain kind of social sort of um, finger wagging done um, in the individual's face, but. In my head, at least, um, mm -hmm. estate culture in Europe, for example, um, in the Middle Ages, punishment was meted out on a body. You were you were you were beaten, or you were, but you weren't necessarily shamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I would I, say that the shame went along with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, I would I would say that that, that but I mean, I, I don't think that's either here nor there. Clearly, our cl clearly our culture also uses shaming to to discipline people. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Precisely. And that's the word I was actually grasping for is discipline. Um, and control is slightly more judgmental. I don't know. Um, anyway, two key things for me about that definition. One is uh, the idea of shame as in an attempt to discipline or control the individual's behavior by having the circle of people around them mm. in ways subtle and not tell them that they're not valid, right? Basically. I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Well, what they're saying, doing impacts or what they're doing isn't in, it's not the, the norm, right? So it's outside right. the norm, but, that, but it but, shapes right, the norm. But that, Right, but it makes them invalid as a, as a member mm. of, that, of that culture, I mean, it, of that it community. It damages their social standing. Right. right, it, right. It, it it's an it's a blow to their esteem. It's a it's a blow to their status. I mean, that's right. what shame is. Is right. and and, and shame is the feeling of 
that blow to your to your status. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, right. as, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, let me just um round this out by saying and then I think the other aspect that's really important is that and I think this is a, also another part that doesn't get talked about very much is when women are shamed in this way for alleged promiscuity, mm-hmm. they are shamed by both women and men, but the shame works differently. Because I think among women, I think that shame is really about fear. It's really about, oh, I, I, I don't want this happening to me, so I'm really going to closely police. Or, yeah, in some ways I don't want to be tainted by this, so I'm really mm-hmm. going to closely police other women. And then I think mm-hmm. with men heterosexual men, it comes out of more sense of, I don't, I resent the fact that she wasn't sleeping with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think they're different. They're, they're mm-hmm. very different in gendered responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I buy that. I mean, I, I think that, that that sounds pretty plausible. I, I, I might, I, I might want to add that I think there's an element of fear for the male as well. And at, at least sort of, buried in kind of, you know, sort of the deep history of every moment, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, in, an essential fear around male legitimacy and, you know, as it connects to paternity and sort of, you know, kind of our recognition in the world, because, you know, sort of, you know, if, if we tie things back to sort of our, our reproductive power, like if we, if we kind of go a, a sort of a more biological angle on it and, and how that gets, how that emerges socially, the, the father's power is, has to be exercised visibly because his paternity is always in question. In question. You know, we all know there, there's, there can never be a doubt about where your, who your mother is, right? That's, that you can never, mm. like, that you passed, literally passed through her body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, you know, like, no, I swear, you know, God is your father, right? I really, sorry, Joseph, it really wasn't you. I mean, I, it, you know, I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, right, a, it, right, or it really right. wasn't, it really wasn't Samach at the, fa- at the farm right. next door. Right. You know, <laughs> right, it, right. it was, it was, it, it was God. God. It was right, God. Right, right, so, right, right. you know, so I mean, the, mm. there, there is always an anxiety, Around and and men and men historically, again, like in sort of chiefdoms, um, you know, which are kind of like superpowered tribes, uh, where there's this might monopolization of, of reproductive rights. I mean, this is you know like harems and all this kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I do think there's an element of fear. I, I do think you're right though that there's resentment as well there. So I, I I do think that 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 feels to me closer to what like the contemporary feeling is. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's still it's still tinged with fear. I mean, I think fear of like women and and the status that they convey is at mm-hmm. the heart of of many of our anxieties as a society and culture, mm-hmm. uh, and as as men individually. Can we talk about the word "slut" for a second? I just want to back yeah, up and think sure. about like what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I remember hearing the word "slut." With um, you know, shot out the mouth of men and women with the same mm. venom that they would bitch mm-hmm. or you know hussy or heffa. I remember being a kid and hearing heffa a lot. That heffa, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it was, I think there. What I noticed is that when I was a kid, I remember also having these ideas of, oh, if she didn't dress like that, then things wouldn't happen to her. Mm-hmm. And right. I was in my teens, and so when I was right. thinking back, I don't think I've ever called anybody a slut before. 
but I've been one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll talk a little bit about that later, you know, how I defined it. (laughs) But just just looking, thinking about someone like Monica Lewinsky or Amber Rose or some of these other women have come into Megan Thee Stallion, these people Mm. who have um, become popular in our, our consciousness around the media. Who is Megan Thee Stallion? Sorry, Megan Thee Stallion apparently is a rapper and a okay. singer. And she and um, Cardi B had a number one hit with... Wet Ass Pussy. WAP. I was just going to say the um, <laughs> the acronym. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, this is wet ass. We have explicit Why? on the podcast. It says explicit. It says okay. Wet Ass Pussy, <laughs> yes. And so it's funny because I want to talk about other people who have traded in on this idea of being a slut for, for music like a Megan Thee Stallion or a Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Amber Rose, who... Uh-huh. is um, a part of this thing called um, Slut Walk. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. I actually yes, have heard yes, of it. Yes, yeah, yes, I mean, it's the first time yeah. I've heard of it. I like yeah. it. I like Amber Rose as a personality. Yeah. I find I, her to just be interesting. Like, she's... I don't like... I liked her after her, reading about the Slut Rock thing. No, no, please keep going. I just yeah. was saying, like, I, I didn't know who she was, and I read this, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I want to pull it back to, like, again, slut. When did you first hear it? What do you think about the word? Because... Is a slut just somebody that won't sleep with you? Like, you know, the word bitch is like, mm. she's a bitch because she won't sleep with me in, ter- in terms of mm. heterosexuality yeah, yeah, yeah. or even queerness, mm. right? Is it a way mm. to immediately mark somebody's body so mm. as not doing I, what you think it should be doing? Or you yeah, can't control I mean, I think, it. Yeah. I think that, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, I personally wouldn't go with the fact that she just wouldn't sleep with you mm-hmm. I, because you may not be interested in that person and still be judgmental. Like, for True. example... Mm. Well, I was thinking, like, you know, they're certainly fathers have thought that of their daughters or cult leveled that ac- accusation. Mm-hmm. Them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for me, I would say a slut is just like a whore who doesn't charge. Yeah, like, so, like, mm-hmm. if that's that, you know, that's it just supposed to be that, worse because at least yeah, that's yeah, a whore right, you're right. being paid. It's some sort of commerce yeah. capitalism exchange. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a libertinism, though, with, mm-hmm. you know, sort of one spot. I, honest, I have to say, I don't think I, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a way, I've never used that word mm-hmm. as to, like, as an insult. Mm-hmm. I think if I had not thought about this before the conversation, but in my household, like, my mother was a very strong figure. I don't mean, my dad was a strong figure as well, but, mm-hmm. like, so I... Like, I don't know if a woman wants to fuck all the time. I, I don't care. Like, what does that matter? It just doesn't. Right. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, whatever the consequences of that might be for that person, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's um, it's very theoretical to me. Is basically what I'm trying okay. to say. It's okay. just a very theoretical thing for me. I don't I've know. never used it as an insult either. Um, n- neither in my in my head or out loud, but. I have used it playfully. I know with mm. women that I've been mm. involved with, like I've, I've said, like using, using it jokingly, like in conversation mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've also in, in, to be fair to myself, I think in those instances, I've also used it to refer to men or, and, and or to myself. Mm-hmm. So right. I'll say, just say that's, you know, ooh, that's slutly or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in my head, it doesn't, I don't, I think like you, Travis, I don't make, I don't cross that gap. Like I don't see a woman behaving in any particular way that is sexual and think, oh, that slut. Like I don't, it doesn't, I don't, that, I don't equate that libertinism or that 
sense of ownership of her own sexuality with mm-hmm. being with something pejorative or with something that is yeah. less than what she should be. It yeah. just doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me. I think of excess and indulgence when I think of mm-hmm. Lord Slut. Like how mm-hmm. how dare you have all this pleasure? How dare you be mm-hmm. this thing? How dare you not mm-hmm. have sex out of a traditional relationship, whether marriage or a boyfriend, girlfriend, how dare you dip twice <laughs> or three mm. times or four times and brag about it, right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so right. it, I think right. of excess and indulgence and it, it excites me because it feels like it's pushing against, you know, normal, what we call normal. Like we, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, I feel like people who are marginalized are on the margins, or whatever defined not strictly, but they, are part of the, the the recipe that formulates what we think of as normal, mm-hmm. and so this, oh right yes we define we, we define ourselves behavior. by not right 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 you know not that we we negate them pariahs yes. and all these other folks yes. it's like mm-hmm. no no right. we're not that we're this you know right. so when you earlier when right. you were talking about women so I was on a podcast this morning or I was listening to a podcast this morning about um, two women one woman was heavy set she lost a lot of weight and then her people on her YouTube channel started calling her a slut. Because she lost the weight. And she was like, why am I being called a slut? I just lost weight. I don't understand wow. it. But they loved her when she was heavy set and that she was, um, what do you call it, uh, body positive. Right? So she was wow. body positive and And she said all the hate you know, that she was getting in comments, well, you try to lose five pounds or no, 200 pounds, then you can talk to me about. And I was wondering how much of someone's sensibility is in rap is... I'd- I'm actually, I don't even get that. I don't understand that. So she was a slut because she lost well, weight? Well, here it is. She lost weight. This is exactly how they were defining it. Here's, I might not be the best in terms of translating it, but I think what had happened was, is that they can no longer, so here's my, here's the point of view. So when Oprah lost a lot of weight, I think the very first time, and she pulls a, mm-hmm. a, a wagon full of what, the meat that was in her, not in her body, but you know, this is my weight in meat, you know, right, yeah, right. that'd be really disturbing. Right. I saved all of the fat. There it is. Oh. it is. Now I win, you know, right. here's my radio. Here's my radio flyer. Right. <laughs> Cause there's this body Jesus. thing, this body shaming thing as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. and Oprah played really well into it. And then at one point she had a psychiatrist on her show. I think she lost weight the second time. And she uh-huh. said that what she was getting were letters from people saying that we liked you the old way. And so there was a racial dynamic in terms of her being a mammy figurine. <laughs> that someone we could all, the, the psychiatrist said, well, I think of it as this, in this way. These women could always feel better than you, even though you were rich mm. and you were on television, but they could feel better than you. Mm. And then I think Oprah closed the show with, well, those are just fans I'll have to lose. So mm. I took that, that as, you know, possibly a, a, a lens to look at this woman, this young woman, because they were young women. They're like in their 20s. You know, mm-hmm. wrestling with body issues, body shaming, slut shaming. And I was like, so what? I, I, like you, Travis, I wasn't that clear. But then I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe it was the idea of control. Maybe it was the mm-hmm. idea that if you were so body positive, why did you lose all this weight? Right. And and now I can't feel better than you. Just I mean, by, just just just, trying, just it, yeah. opening up the channel and looking at you. I can't feel better about myself. Yeah, I, that that makes sense. I mean, one of the things about slut shaming that really, I mean, this is such a worthwhile topic for several reasons, but f- for this particular one for me is that the n- conception of the beautiful woman, of the attractive woman, is such a 
oh, such a, it's just a dangling thread for our culture. And you pull on it and lots of stuff starts to unravel. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What, like, why it is that, I, I'm curious, so this is related, and I, I'm working through it as I speak. Mm-hmm. I'm curious why it is that so many women respond in that way to that one woman losing weight. And then so many women, perhaps on the other hand, respond so positively mm-hmm. to the video of Cardi B and mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion, WAP. I mean, there's... It's it's this this it's not exactly yin and yang because I think there are more than two sides to this thing. I think, I think, it's so, a, I, yeah. think it's, I think there's many sides to this thing. I'm not sure what 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 object uses a metaphor to describe. I mean, it, but I I do. I mean, I on a on a related note, I do in this conversation in particular. I feel the lack of a female voice because yeah. I don't know. Like it's hard to know. Uh, and obviously that would just be anecdotal, whatever her, this, you know, theoretical other uh, female voice would be. But I, I would be curious to know what the particular weight for a woman is in mm-hmm. being called a slut, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so for me, it's, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I can sort of, can you know, I can confess my, you know, my sort of enlightened attitudes about women, you know, like in their bodies and their sexuality. I mean, whatever. I mean, not that those things aren't heartfelt, but... Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like, uh, you know, it's sort of the way that one could speak, like how, how easy it is to go wrong um, in speaking glibly about the struggle for civil rights, you know, for someone that isn't, you know, yeah. uh, isn't marginalized, you know what I mean? So you like, it's like, oh, well, you know, like, well, I would stand up, you know, I don't get like, why would you ever treat someone not equal? I don't know. But yet at the same time, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this was, this was the majority of, of human behavior. Maybe it's particular, maybe it's really difficult for, so this like Cardi B song or whatever, this WAP song, which I haven't heard obviously, but like, I don't know, maybe the, the, the sort of the, the liberty that is felt by singing that song and actually even Mm -hmm. in 2020 or 19 or whenever it came out, Mm -hmm. um, this, this year, year. it Mm -hmm. came out this year, like being able to say that, like maybe that still carries a kind of weight. You know, the, I mean, the, the sort of that exercise. I'm sorry, Stephen. Well, so precisely. So I talk to women all the time. And here's what I think. I think that when it comes to this particular podcast, that it's good for men to sort of wrestle with and think about these oh, things. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know I mean? yeah. So and I yeah, like I the way that you yeah, laid yeah. it out. You know, you were thinking about this, this idea so that I don't feel the absence of women's voices in general. <laughs> I um and also look forward to kind oh, of no, I mean in this conversation. Up. Right. I meant in this conversation only. No. Yeah. No, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. I, I, but I I just want to say that I think it's always when I was listening to another podcast this morning by some high schoolers in California who mm. had exactly one episode <laughs> for their podcast called Slut Shaming. They they were uh. wrestling with this idea. They were wrestling with um there was a guy, I think you guys know him. His name is Rob Turner, he was at Stanford, and he was oh the a guy swimmer. that raped, right. yeah. digitally raped a woman. Yeah, yeah. right. He raped that this really, woman, and, left and her. got a ridiculously light sentence. Yes. And so these high school well, students, he was he was really a good guy, Seth. I mean, you just really, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Yes, he knows. Oh, about, uh, <laughs> I know the tone. And I was like, my yes. blood pressure went out, motherfucker. Don't do that shit. This is, <laughs> fuck out of here. This is funny. Now you have to say, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, seriously. I, so, look, I looked at the camera like, what? 
<laughs> and so these these high school students, they were like, I think two or three of them, and they were talking about it. And they were more enlightened than the 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 sophomore who was at college that they contacted and said, what do you think about mm, it? And his response mm. essentially was, women shouldn't dress that way. If they oh, did dress no. that way, then it wouldn't happen. And things like that don't happen around here anyway, because they were talking about rape culture, oh, you know, God. which is larger oh. than, sh- you know, slut shaming yeah. fo- falls under <sighs> rape culture, right? right. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But And so right. it was interesting to listen to these kids talk about a woman should be able to wear whatever she wants and she still, right. still should be safe. And here's a sophomore going, we're, our colleges are in the top 1%. You know, stuff like that doesn't happen around here. And if it does, Oof. it's her fault. And Oof. I was like, wow, I was excited about these kids kind of wrestling with it. But the authority and the firmness in which the sophomore spoke was really um, disturbing. Disturbing and, mm. in, and, 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 and not enlightening, but it was like, I thought about it. I was like, whoa, wow. Okay, so this is why this thing goes on. You know, these are people who feel like, I mean, come on, Penn State. I mean, you just go on and talk about all these different colleges that are allegedly, Mm. you know, IVs and all that. Things happen every motherfucking where. So so it doesn't happen here. Sounds like the person who killed somebody or had kids in their basement for 30 years and they go, it didn't happen. He seemed like a nice guy. You know, it's right. It was just (laughs) right. Kind of no, nonsense, you know, that, but well, it's, yeah. the, it's the myth that communities tell themselves so that they can hide their dirty laundry from from others, right? right. Basically, they say, like, oh, yeah, you know, that doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it does, uh, it's just those, you know, it's a right, long it's an, look. It's an, it's an anomaly, right? Yeah. Right. It's not, it's, not, it's not indicative of who we are. I, I mean, always so want to. Oh, oh, no, no, please. No. I was going to say, I was going to pose a slightly, I mean, pose the question in a slightly different way. Um, I wonder if there's a way to look at slut shaming the way that it's done here as a kind of social progress. Um, because, mm. you know, for much of our history, if you were a quote unquote slut, you were uh, perhaps if in, in very traditional cultures, you would have been killed. Um, or at least ostracized. Well, yeah, let's talk about what that killing well, looks de- like. De- de- let's talk de- about what that killing looks like. Let's parse that. Definitely ostracized uh, mm-hmm. would, it would be a part of it. So I wonder if there's a way in which turning it into something that is purely reputational and something that is but not sanctioned by law or sanctioned by uh, – and, and only sanctioned by custom – Mm-hmm. Uh, and in and and in a very loose custom at this point, especially if you know the the music you guys are citing is are, is any example, um, I wonder if there's a way to look at that as a kind of of social progress and social advancement. I like what you're going with this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Seth. No, no, that's it. No, it's period. Well, <laughs> no, well, I, I just want to say really mark, quickly. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, really quickly. It just makes. I'm I'm going to push back on that and essentially say no. And here's why: that I think of that episode of Black Mirror where the woman, the blonde woman, goes out into the world. And I think I sh- that might actually be... So wait, not what, what? social progress from killing women? What? No, 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 sorry. You, I, you missed Killing, me. let's keep it in quotes, and I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I said killing. I, th- I, I, I did, I mean, no, he certainly... Did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you no, did. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh, okay, yes, yes, but with an asterisk, yes. Here's, I think of the Black Mirror episode where the, the blonde woman, who I think is um, Ron Howard's daughter... Um, Bryce, uh, Bryce something. Or Bryce um, Howard. Bryce thank you. Howard's Bryce Dallas Howard. right. or something. That's some three right. configuration. Uh-huh. Right, that's the one, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's her who plays the woman who goes out into the world and basically is, is all smiles and sunshine. And as she goes 
through her bevy of social interactions, she essentially collects points. You know, like star mm. ratings, right? Yeah. For like, oh yeah, I've but, seen this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right, right. So what you find is that she's actually caught up in this in this web of social relations in which every interaction is in some ways monetized, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she has to be pleasant, even when other people around her are not, and mm-hmm. she because she risks. Um, for social uh, loss, right? Precisely, she, she list, risks loss of status. What I'm, what all I'm saying is, yes, Travis, you're right. It's not as bad as being cast out from a community and forced to live by yourself or being killed. But the degree to which reputational value is equal to job opportunity, material compensation, career advancement, these things are very real and very serious. So. Uh, you know, but that, but not a criticism, though, right? I mean, that's what it is to be a pro-social primate. I mean, how else do you function but by reputation? But see, see, the social death that you were talking about, um, Travis. You said, I mean, um, Seth, you said it so much more eloquently than I was going to say because there is a social death involved here. No, people mm. aren't being hung, beheaded, all of that. Um, you know, dragged, quartered, and all that. But they're being there's a different kind of social death that I think exists that to me is almost as critical as being killed. So you are absolutely right that social ostracization is, is, per, is uh, comparable, is the word I was looking for, is comparable to, to an actual physical death. Absolutely 1,000% agree with that. What I'm saying is that, like even now, clearly that's somewhat loose, right? If you can have a song that's called Wet Ass Pussy that is like as popular as it is, Apparently, though, I, I mean, like, how, it's pretty, how is it's pretty that? popular? Yeah, yeah. So, Ooh, so I, okay. and now I feel like, I, am I am I old? Do I, so I, I feel like I've got to. So, I'm, I, as soon as the podcast is over, I'm definitely going to go listen to the song. So, um, so <laughs> how how is that not a kind of social progress? The, see, like, I, do you do you feel like you could step a toe in in? In any era in the United States, in, in our, let's just limit it to our own history and not other cultures' history, uh, because I'm sure I'm, I bet France in the 1920s probably you could say something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, in the United States, I don't know that you could put you could touch down at any other time period and have a substantial number of women or have a cultural product that's that was so indifferent to slut shaming. There's something there, but I'll see you in 20 years. Like, I feel like there's something that... Oh, you feel like like an oscillation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's open now like and we'll, some... like, close back down again. Well, I feel, I feel like it's the exception, not the rule. And I feel like it represents something. I'm just not sure what. Thanks for listening. Uh, today's podcast is split into two parts. Uh, this is part one. Uh, we hope you'll tune in next week for part two. 